Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Chase Knight out of Champion Fitness. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Um, really excited to have you back on the show. This isn't the first time you've been on a podcast with us. You were on sometime last year, so welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be back. Thank you guys for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dive into talking about the business side of things, tell us a little bit about how you run Champion Fitness and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Um, I mean, it- started out just fell in love with fitness uh, and fell in love with helping people just trying to get people getting up get moving um, you know improve their quality of life uh, from there you know we grew into fell into owning a gym kind of just happened to work out that way and then from there just uh, my goal with the gym is essentially just been you know uh, everybody's different everybody likes you know working out in different ways everybody loves different style of training um, just to open up the gym to, you know, as many different avenues of fitness and, you know, improving their health as possible um, and just giving pe- uh, people a place to come and, you know, uh, get the same benefits I did when I was younger and fe- started falling in love with the gym. Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, so you just kind of fell into business ownership. Um, could you expand on that story a little bit more for us? Because you are a young guy, right? Relatively young, 23 years old. Um, so tell us a little bit about like your mindset to start a business at such a young age. Uh, I mean, yeah, I pretty much uh, started started out. Um, I was just kind of a member of the gym, kind of grew to coaching and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, at the stage I was in my life, I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do. I was going to college, you know, stuff like that. Um, just didn't really, like I said, have a clear defined goal. Um, but I knew this was something I had a passion for. I loved the gym, like I said. Uh, I loved helping people, so I just kind of approached the, I took the gym over from a previous owner, so I kind of approached them and was like, hey, man, what do you think about me taking this over and trying to make it a serious thing and, you know, growing, Um, and then from there, my mindset, like I said, was just uh, to grow and give people a place to fall in love with it as much as I did. Yeah, so did you go to college for some type of business degree? Um, originally that's what, um, I started out as I actually never even finished my college degree. I think I did a solid, uh, year. Um, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, I just didn't really see the point of the money. I didn't quite know what I was going to do or, you know, how I was going to go forward. So, and my mindset was, um, you know, why throw all this money at something that I don't know that I'm going to use, or, you know, I have no direction. So I kind of ended up, um, taking a break. Um, kind of like a break year. Um, and that time, you know, I think that was the start of 2020. Um, I ended up coming into owning the gym, kind of ran that for a year, kind of see how it went. We grew, um, expanded to a new building and everything was going good. So from there, I've kind of just grown and continued to, you know, run with it. Yeah. So, I mean, it really kind of sounds like you've been, well, let me to clarify. So you went to school for some type of business degree but I mean outside of that did you have any experience or you know even grow up in a family of, of entrepreneurs or has this been you kind of learning as you go? No, 100% I was blessed enough to um, my mother actually is 
you know, she's 100% the uh, backer and the other half of the business. Um, she actually grew her own insurance company and did it for, you know, I think she's been doing it for like 25 plus years now um, here in town. So without a doubt, um, she was a big influence and a big help, um, you know, as far as getting the process set up and going forward to where I could learn from her and not have, you know, quite as many uh, pitfalls as she had, you know, whenever she was um, starting up her own business and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. without a doubt, she was instrumental in the process of getting me, you know, an amazing jump start. Yeah, shout out, shout out to your mom. Hey, mom. So um, what are some of the things that you learned from her that have been helpful for you? Um, well, I mean, you know, starting out, uh, I would say I was 21 at the time because I took it over at the start of 2020. Um, so, I mean, you know, I was a relatively bright individual, I would say, you know, as far as that, but uh, definitely uh, a lot to learn as far as leadership, um, stuff like that. That's one of the biggest things I would say I have um, learned from her um, and a lot of nuance that goes into the business side of things. And, you know, that is required a lot, a lot of work that you don't really think about when you're, you're like, Oh, Hey, this is a great idea. We just run a gym. This, this isn't, you know, that's easy. You just, you know, train people and that's it. But there's a lot more that goes into it behind the scenes than you would think. So definitely um, that, that's probably the biggest two things I've learned from her. Yeah. So is there anything like specifically like behind the scenes that surprised you about owning your own business? Um, nothing I would say too crazy. Um, obviously a lot to learn with taxes, a lot to learn with, um, you know, regulations as far as, uh, building regulations, code, stuff like that. Um, you know, just a whole bunch of different licensings and stuff like that, that you need, um, as well as, you know, uh, securing the loan, stuff like that definitely was a lot of, um, business lingo that was re required to learn really fast. Okay. Okay. So would, give us kind of like a snapshot of, of where you were maybe six months ago when you were on the show. What, where was your business at? I would say we were in a pretty good place. Um, we were kind of, you know, we, we were paying the bills. I wouldn't say we're, we're definitely not uh, bringing in boatloads of money, but definitely paying the bills, having to know a little extra to put aside for, you know, future expansion and stuff like that. Um, we have grown a little bit since, you know, that time membership has gone up a little bit, new year's deals, stuff like that, trying to get people in the gym and, you know, the more, uh, organic growth for, through the community and socials and stuff like that, um, continuing to just grow and, you know, get the name out there, you know, to all the surrounding areas, as well as, you know, the small community that we have here. Um, I mean, we've got a little bit of expansion going on, stuff like that, looking at getting some new equipment. Um, so, I mean, pretty much the same shit we were six months ago, I would say, just a little bit bigger than what we were. Yeah. I mean, you got expanded into a space of maybe three and a half times the size that you were in previously. 100%. Yeah. Start of uh, 2020, when I took it over, we were actually, it was a old um, bread storage facility. So it was about, I think, six garage doors, roll-up doors, um, and about maybe 500 square feet. So compared to where we are now, we're in a you know, three times the size facility, um, uh, probably a little over 2000 square feet. So mm -hmm. definitely a big upgrade from where we were. Yeah, big upgrade. Definitely. Congratulations on upgrading into such a, to a larger space. Um, 
So let's talk a little bit about like how you guys have been getting people in the door. You told me earlier that you weren't nearly like busting at the scenes in the the old facility, but I mean it was pretty pretty tight. So obviously you guys have you know a lot more room, a lot more room to grow into. So what's been working well for you guys when it comes into marketing? Yeah, well, um, one of the goals for the new year actually was to work on social media a little bit more. Um, I'm not a huge social media person, but, you know, learning and trying to um, continue to boost that and grow from that just because, you know, that's a I know a huge area that um, we could tap into and help grow um, working so far, you know, uh, trying to do a lot more posts, just be a little bit more active, you know, show people that um, there's a lot of things that they can do with some previews and classes and stuff like that. Um, so that's definitely one of the new year goals for me. Um, but other than that, you know, we just kind of are organic growth is good and you know it happens but it just takes a lot longer just continuing to try to get the name out there and go from there yeah have you excuse me have you guys thought about taking a look into like some maybe some paid marketing like you said organic growth you know definitely takes a little bit longer but have you guys looked into any facebook ads or any type of paid advertisement yeah, we do uh, look at it a little bit. Um, it's a little bit harder in the area we're in. We try to, um, you know, go into the local community boards or pages and stuff like that. Um, we're in a pretty small rural area. Um, so it's a little bit harder. That's kind of how it is in the smaller towns, like where we're at now, you know, kind of word of mouth is what you have to do a lot of. You got to, uh, you know, also being involved in the community a lot more, you know, with uh, like, for example, coming up, we have what they call down home days. Um, big event that they put on. We sponsor the 5K and put that on and stuff like that. Um, so a lot more of going out and being a part of the community is what the biggest thing um, that has helped us and we continue to strive to do, but definitely trying to be a little bit more social media sided, um, you know, getting more posts out there and stuff like that has helped um, and also seen a little, little increase in business. Yeah, yeah, that's really good to hear. So what is like, this is your business. Like, what is your role? Are you still doing like a lot of jobs within your business or have you been able to, and I know your mom is having helping too, but have you been able to kind of like outsource um, and bring on team members to help you guys continue to grow? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we have a coaching staff that we use, you know, uh, depending on, you know, the variety of classes that we offer. Um, so we have brought those on. I do have as well as, you know, like we pay some high schoolers and stuff like that to come in to do a little bit more of the nuanced stuff, you know, cleaning, make sure the facilities uh, straight, you know, keeping uh, gym looking nice for all the members and stuff like that. Um, but most of the like back end stuff and, you know, billing and everything like that kind of, you know, still falls upon me as well as my uh, mom who uh, helps me out, like I said, tremendously. So um, I haven't been able to, I have been able to outsource a little bit, um, which helps tremendously, um, you know, buy back some of that time that um, I lose, you know, doing all the little nuanced things. But for the most part, I would say um, me and my mother do run, you know, most of the important stuff. I gotcha. So what systems do you guys use to help y'all stay, keep everything organized? 
Um, so uh, we use our main system is uh, something called push press. Um, we use that as like a gym software management, you know, to help everything like that. We do use um, sugar wad to, you know, for as far as some of our classes and stuff like that, as far as programming and, you know, getting members, the uh, workouts, stuff like that, that we have planned. Um, and then we do also, we just switched to another program, which I forget the name of off the top of my head. Um, it's group something, but basically that allows me, um, for like the employees and stuff like that, um, we're going to get them set up to where it'll um, automate payroll pretty much. They can clock in stuff like that. We were doing a lot of stuff, you know, just by paper, stuff like that. So, um, trying to get it as regulated as possible to help, you know, make it easier on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Easier. Got some automation going. It's good to hear. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the goals that, you're working towards in the new year not, well the new year is technically over but we're still at the beginning q1 like what are your goals for the rest of the year and beyond in terms of like where you want to see the gym grow and change yeah 100 percent. right now um q1 our goal is uh like i said we have a little bit of a renovation we got going on we were going to try to um install some showers. So we have some showers for members, um, trying to get that squared away as well as uh, securing uh, a little bit of new equipment for like our spin classes. We're looking to get some bike ergs and stuff like that. Um, and then kids class, we're working on trying to get a little bit more membership there. I used to have a pretty big kids program. We still have, you know, a very solid group, but it has kind of died down a little bit. So there's going to be a little bit more of a push for some of the kids and getting some of the kids back moving, um, you know, with summer and school, end of the season, you know, or end of the year, you know, uh, a lot of people traveling, school is out a lot. So we're going to try to get that back up and rolling. Yeah. So, and then what about like for yourself, even outside of the gym, like what, what some of the, are some of the goals that you're working towards? Um, I mean, as far as personal goals, uh, just trying to stay fit myself and uh, you know, Honestly, there's not much I'm working on. Just trying to, you know, maintain the business. Don't go too crazy working seven days a week. So that's about it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, do you think you'd ever want the the gym to be running on its own? Like with you not necessarily having to put so much work into it? Um, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a dream for the future. Um, I would say definitely I, I would still want to be involved in it. Um, yeah. Just because, I mean, it's something I love doing um, and I love being here, love, you know, talking to members, hanging out with everybody. So um, I wouldn't say I want a full step back, but definitely, you know, less, less nuance, you know, little tedious tasks that you have to do is better, of course. Yeah. So Chase, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode, but I do have one more question for you before we sign out. Looking back to where you started a few years ago, 500 square foot facility, give our listeners a piece of advice that you needed to hear prior to opening your gym. Honestly, biggest piece of advice I could ever give is just whatever you decide to do, start it. I mean, that's, that's a lot of it. There was a lot of hesitation too, you know, um, Obviously, we had to secure a first loan for, you know, just the buying the old gym and getting all that set up. And then from there, you know, the bigger gym securing loan for that. Um, definitely a lot of hesitation and oof, I don't know if this is going to work, but uh, it, it's going to take a lot of time. But if, you know, if, if your heart's in it and you, you put in the work, definitely, you know, it'll pay off in the long run. All right. Thanks for sharing, man. Now, tell our listeners where they can find you. 
Um, yeah, we're uh, located in Madison, Florida. You know, if you're ever in the area, um, look us up, come check us out. Um, other than that, we do have um, socials, you know, as far as Instagram, Facebook, just Champion Fitness Madison. Um, and that's pretty much it. All right, Chase. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. And to everybody listening in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. Excuse me. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Shop, and today with me is Mr. Gareth with AFS CrossFit out of Andover, UK. Gareth, how are you today? Very well, very well, thank you. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the show and taking the time to talk about everything. So go ahead and open it up to the listeners, just kind of talk about you know, who you are, what you've done, and kind of what led you into AFS CrossFit? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Gareth Bings, I'm 43. Um, I've owned my gym now for 13 years we've been open, I think. I originally tried to affiliate uh, 14 years ago. Um, took a while to get planning and whatnot squared away. But, um, yeah, we were, I suppose, as we said earlier, the 32nd, I think, CrossFit affiliate in the UK. Um, so I've been around quite a long time doing CrossFit, probably before before it went a bit too uh, bit crazy as it is now. So um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah been a bit of a been a bit of a journey. All right, awesome. Well, uh, with that journey, kind of you know, like what uh, what inspired you to kind of get into the CrossFit world? Um, to be honest, it was. Uh, I used to work. Uh, I used to, I worked before here. Before I started my gym, I did um, a bit of security contracting over in Iraq. Um, and while I was out there working, um, I wanted to pursue my my goal of owning my own business. Um, I was never really much good at taking taking orders and, and being being the one not in charge. Um, albeit I, I did six years in the army, and and, and yeah, then uh, and that kind of that kind of led me to the personal training stuff. I did. Um, uh, when you leave the army in in the UK, you you get um, once you've done a certain amount of time, you get what's called resettlement. So they'll pay for courses for you to retrade. Um, so I was a telecommunications technician in the army, um, and then I retrained and did all my personal training, sports massage qualifications, um, with the goal of becoming a PT and and all those and all those great dreams. Um, but the reality was that um, at that stage of my life, I was. Uh, I had a young kid and Ellie and um sadly marriage broke down and had to had had to get some money and and started in the fitness industry at that time was there wasn't a lot of money in it unless you were the boss. So um 
so yeah needs must and I went and uh, I went and worked in abroad in Iraq and did that for for four years but um all the while I did that was kind of with the you know the the goal of of getting back to getting back to fitness and doing you know being my own boss and doing my own thing so um after about I think about two years um I had an epiphany whilst having a fallout with uh a boss at the time and I was like uh you know what am I doing all this crazy stuff you know I'm away in these horrible places and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear but I'll, I'll try not to but um but yeah I was, I was already doing loads of crazy stuff and you know stuff I didn't really want to do but the money was fantastic um so I decided to start saving saved all my money uh to to put into opening a gym I mean the original goal or the original idea was to do a a traditional gym you know the the globo gym if you like um but uh but in i stumbled across crossfit then probably probably around 2005 and i was and i was training i was doing crossfit every day or i was following the main site three on one off or yeah three on one off um and i was loving the crossfit side of stuff and uh yeah so i started planning opening my own facility which was going to be like i say a, a traditional gym um, and then once I started costing it all up and and doing the maths of of how how a, a traditional gym, you know, would run and and how much I would need to invest, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty astronomical, really. And to be honest, it wasn't something I really wanted to do. You know, it's like uh, CrossFit. I was into CrossFit then. I was I was proper. I was hooked. You know, I read I read Muscle and Fitness. I saw the first article with uh, I think it was a uh, CrossFit LA. I'm I'm sure the guidance name was like Petronek or something like that. Uh, read his article, saw saw Murph, and I was like, "Why don't I just do a CrossFit gym? That's 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 what I'm doing. That's what I want to do. That's what I love." And uh, yeah, never looked back really. Nice. So kind of just you know the drive to want to be your own boss, and you know maybe one of the uh, cost effective ways that you're going to get some some return out of it. Well, yeah, I'm still waiting for the return. I must admit, but. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll get there one day. Uh, that's right, absolutely, man. Um, well, cool. Appreciate that. Um, so, kind of, you know, get, quote unquote, give like your elevator speech. You know, if somebody were to come in, you know, what services do you offer? You know, what's what's kind of like your initial sit down with somebody that's looking to maybe potentially join your facility? Um, yeah, I suppose. Uh, I suppose for us, you know, if somebody comes into into my CrossFit gym. Um, We've evolved a hell of a lot over the years. Um, pretty much tried everything CrossFit related to, you know, in terms of programs, classes, um, different coaching and all that sort of stuff. So, so, you know, the way we, the way we get people into, into the gym is, is maybe slightly different than what the normal is, but, um, but I, I like, I like to get people into the gym. I like them to be getting into the, the community allow them to get into classes and meet people straight away and you know almost throw them in at the deep end but but our deep end is is not the you know throw them into a full crossfit class you know i very much um have learned over the years that we needed to to bring in classes that were tailored to the beginner you know people who have never done crossfit so so you know somebody comes in i had a conversation with a lady today actually you know she was um she's you know a little bit depressed about not being in shape anymore she she tried a crossfit class today and i wasn't there 
Um, so I got a, a message to give her a quick call just to just to check up on her. But you know, and and the you know the conversation went has it has done so many times. You know, we we run a a um, a boot camp class if you like, which is um, circuit based, concentrates on all the basics, the fundamentals. You know, deadlifts, squats presses and and builds up their their fitness and their cardiovascular side through through those through that modality something that people recognize as well instead of you know coming from a non-crossfit background to try it is like I, I tried to bridge it by by doing things that they'd recognize and then we offer a a strength workshop a strength class that takes those same fundamentals and then coaches them how to do that from a strength perspective one two three five reps and and all the accessory work that goes with that so then I tell them that you know you start in those two classes um you know build up your confidence build up your fitness build up your strength and then that pyramid then leads into into our CrossFit classes and um and, I, and that's worked really well so um and some people just like those classes as well so they stay doing those and they don't they don't ever do a crossfit class so which is perfectly fine as well yeah absolutely it's it's good to have the basics and the fundamentals because you know crossfit can be you know not necessarily dangerous but it, you know if, if you're not doing proper movements and range of motion things like that you know it's it's a greater chance to get injured at some point um so let's talk about like what's you know how big is your facility and how many members do you currently have inside of AFS CrossFit? Uh, so um we are in a four and a half thousand square foot. Do we work in feet or meters? I don't know. Um yeah, square feet meters. I mean it can do the math. Yeah, so four and a half thousand square feet. Um we've got over two floors. So our our main gym, I suppose, is probably around two and a half, 2,000 square foot, I'd imagine. Um, I've not actually ever measured it out. Um, I've only ever cut the mats to <laughs> to put on the floor. So right. I can tell you how many mats we've got. But um, but yeah, it's um, about 2,000 square foot for the classes. Um, we, <clears throat> yeah, we run, we have about just under 150 members, um, which is, yeah, it's, been a gradual increase in that over the years it's been a steady sort of year by year increase we we, we took us a while to get to that and then um but i suppose it's been gradual so it's never really it's kind of gone up and then up and then up rather than that kind of you know peaks and troughs if you like that i know a few gyms that i, that I know have done so so i suppose yeah maybe that's better i don't know yeah um you know you'd say you know 13 years of business you know um where where do you feel you know with you know obviously 150 members there's room to grow um inside your facility with it being you know for you know four and a half thousand square feet roughly um you know what's kind of like a target goal for you you know like is do you have like a max number that you want to get to you know like do you want to potentially expand or just maximize you know currently like what's going on inside of the facility um so uh if there's one thing that i am is pretty ambitious um i've been actually looking into you know what the next step is for my business really i think it's one of i think it's one of the things as a, as a gym owner that you have to that you have to have is that ability to analyze 
you know, what you and what your, well, I suppose what your product, your, you know, what your gym is doing and, and is it, is it effective? Is it, is it working? And, um, you know, one of the things, you know, you say we probably have got room. I mean, I would like to get to 200 members. I think 200 members where we are at the minute is, um, would be, um, still, still, we'd still have room for, to grow, but I think that, you know, we're struggling a little bit with, um, with space in terms of, you know, my, my dream, if you like, is to be able to, is to be able to run a class of 10, um, and have, you know, 10 rowers or 10 bikes or, you know, some, some, um, curve runners or, um, you know, I'd like to be able to have our yoga class in its own studio, you know, rather than having to, you know, use the main gym floor and, and close it off to, you know, we, we have to work around timings to to make everything fit, you know, so everything's a little bit of a compromise, if you like. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, you know, looking in terms of, um, I'll turn that off, um, looking at, um, you know, in terms of growth, um, yeah, we would need to look into sort of like another maybe eight thousand square foot is the next jump um, for us. Um, but then the problem with that is obviously the cost involved. You know, the it goes from sort of around about you know thirty grand a year, thirty thousand pounds a year, and just doubles. You know, overnight to to move into those sorts of size spaces. So, you know, it's being able to you know, grow the business to say 200 members, which would, which financially would be able to afford that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, be able to, you know, move across and, and not actually put the business into, you know, any kind of, you know, precarious position, you know, it's, um, it's some, I've seen it a few times and, um, and I suppose at the beginning when I started, I did the same thing, you know, and, and so I don't want to risk the business just to move. So it's, um, it's quite a, you know, it's fine balance. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You know, it's 8,000 square feet, a, a huge jump. Um, you know, what, where, where do you foresee, you know, like what, what plans are in place as far as, is growing that member base to hunt to 200 in you know a reasonable amount of time where a you'll be able to maintain quality and not sacrifice anything in the gym but then you're able to have those opportunities to take that next step uh so i think um i think we've got our classes pretty pretty good you know as i said with the um the way we run the gym with the beginners classes there's a really a really nice easy entry for people to get into the gym um and I've, i'm finding that the people who join those classes are, you know, filtering into the CrossFit and, and are enjoying it and staying. Um, whereas I think sometimes, you know, CrossFit classes, you know, you come in, do a CrossFit class and, and it could be just that one day where it's just, you know, it could be Murph, you know, and for those that don't know, Murph is, you know, what's it, it's a one mile run, um, 100 pull-ups, 200 press-ups, 300 squats, then another mile run. Um, for time, you know, if you know, if you choose that day to be your first day where you give it a crack and you see if you like it or not. Um, I mean, we always do a seven day free trial to give people a you know a proper chance to try a load of classes. But um, you know, if if that's the one day you choose and 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 you sort of like get that, you know, you just get absolutely battered and you're like, I'm not, 
it's not for me you know that's i find that we we don't have that as as often now because of the way we work um you know i think that you know we run we've introduced like a heart rate system recently um last year whereby you know we can start doing some well we call it the boiler room but you know hit training with uh, using the heart rate based stuff um i also do a little bit of a metabolic analysis so i can test all that properly with um panoe i don't know if you've heard of panoe but um i use that stuff to to be able to test it so then we actually know our zones are correct and then we can work to those zones um you know and i do so i think that where we have the classes with like say the yoga we do um olympic lifting classes we do um the strength classes um all on top of that then i think that we have those pretty good um but i think it's just maximizing the day really we've we've got a really big membership base in the mornings we've got a really good membership base in the evenings and now what i'm working towards is trying to build our sort of lunchtime daytime clientele um which um i'm slowly slowly getting that off the ground and starting to attract people more during the day which um which i think you know if i could get three or four classes during the day then you know 10 people a class that could be that extra 50 members which would which would take us up to the the 200 member mark so and then we'd be busy all day as well which would be super cool that would definitely be a way to maximize revenue inside the facility all day long especially being able to add those classes and not only add them but fill them yeah yeah i think it's probably been one of my weakest weakest points if you like is trying to get that daytime business um so yeah it's something i've i've decided i've made a conscious effort to to start targeting that that area of the business yeah absolutely um so kind of kind of walk me through you know where do you get most of your new members from like how are your leads coming in through the door is it word of mouth do you guys do paid marketing kind of walk us through that um to be honest um probably um it's quite strange actually i think i think a lot of it is people know about crossfit now and i would say you know probably 10 maybe maybe 12 leads a month come through people saying you know what i've just moved to the area i i did crossfit in such and such a place uh, and i'm looking to carry on doing it and uh you know, and then and then it's just a case of there is one other CrossFit gym in the in the town, which um, you know, so it's a case of you know finding the one that the best suits what you want, um, and then and then they you know they just slot straight in usually, which is cool. Um, we're quite a heavy military town, so Andover has um, quite a a big headquarters in in it that um, that has quite a lot of uh, you know military people so so that they tend to have that transient kind of moving around thing going on so so yeah we get a lot of that coming through the doors um i would say probably you know word of mouth is is right up there in terms of, of where we get people coming through the door i do a little bit of facebook advertising um you know some paid advertising through that which I find is usually quite effective. Um, and yeah, that's probably about it really. Marketing is marketing's probably again, in terms of me as a as a business owner, that's probably one of my worst, my worst uh, skills, if you like. It's um, you know, trying to get on top of Instagram and Facebook and and making sure that those things are 
are working to attract or to at least, you know, build, like I say, the brand and and build the business has been um, something I've had to work really hard to to stay interested in, I suppose. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it almost seems like in those instances, it's it's always going to have like an, a, we'll, we'll say for uh, lack of words, like an expertise or a, a person that's professional in like marketing to kind of like really navigate different cookies or click funnels or you know all the other fancy marketing terms to kind of really like target you know the people that are going to be the ones that want to come in your facility um, yeah there's so many there's so many different like marketing avenues and ways and things like that so um yeah you're uh, trust me you're not you're not alone I, I find that most often gym owners struggle with the the paid advertising the marketing the social media type aspects so um yeah um, word of mouth is always good though, you know, uh, it shows value and instills, you know, good things in your facility. So, um, so with, you know, you mentioned, you know, members, you, you said on average, like on a monthly or weekly basis, how many like potential like prospects are you seeing that walk into your facility on a monthly basis? Um, probably, um, yeah, probably about between sort of five and 10, maybe a week. Um, it's not a massive number. We've never really been, you know, I know like, I know like I, I see it quite a lot when I'm in marketing, I get bombarded with, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm Steve and I can grow your business by a hundred leads, you know, and, and all this also, I get that. I get that almost on a, on a, on a weekly, probably even close to a, you know, two, like two of those messages a, a week. Yeah. Um, you know, but I find that, I find that it's just, and then with Facebook ads as well, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of leads through those things, but there are people that are just, you know, looking for a gym, see gym, and then they click and then it's like, oh, hold on, this is CrossFit. Oh, right, hold on a minute. What is CrossFit? Right. It's, it's almost like that's not what I want. Great audience. Yeah. So I find it, so I do find that, you know, of the, of the five to 10 leads that we get a week, you know, most of those leads are, you know, you know, hey, I'm looking for CrossFit, you know, or, you know, what's, I'm, I'm interested in CrossFit or, you know, such and such, my buddy does CrossFit and I want to give it a go or, you know, and that, and then that's a lot easier than to convert if, if you like, you know, you know, once we get people in to do a free trial, we have quite a good, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, we, we convert them pretty well to, to be members. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, although it's not a, a massive number, is, you know, we do get you know a good probably grow probably you know, probably get maybe 10 to 15 new members a month i would say pretty much on average yeah um, and retention is pretty good um i think we i think we retain members for you know anywhere between six six months and i mean we've got members that have been with us for 13 years now so so it's quite a you know there's there's not like i say we don't have too much of a fluctuation it's kind of like well you know obviously every gym loses members so you, know, you have to take that on the chin but you know we don't lose members for you know, any other reasons than you know financial moving house or, or circumstances very rarely i don't think we've had many people at least not many people tell me that they're leaving because they didn't enjoy the gym so so that's uh that's always a benefit or or a bonus if you like but um yeah yeah i think uh yeah, probably like I say, five, five to ten men, five to ten leads a week, I would say. Okay. And so 
you know, if you had a, a percentage of how many of those leads to close, would it be less or greater than 60%? Ooh. As in turn into proper members? Yeah, and like if you had 40 leads in a month, how many of those would you convert into a member? Um, yeah, I would I would say 60% is yeah, probably about about where I would I would put the number, I think. Um I mean, for example, we would do so in so in the summer in August, we always do a 30-day free trial. Um, August is notoriously notoriously quiet for us. So, so I put on that free trial to to drive, you know, that that little bit of a, you know a good deal if you like, and yeah, I usually get probably between twenty five and thirty people on that free trial. Most pretty much, yeah, on average across the for the I think I've done that for the last four or five years, and yeah, we'll we'll convert yeah anywhere between 20, 20 members out of the thirty. So, so yeah, that's probably about what sixty six percent. Yeah, so. So yeah, I think yeah, probably uh sixty percent is about right, I would say. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um is that like the industry standard? You know, I'm not I'm not sure. On uh, you know, I'm sure CrossFit and you know, like open gyms and things like that are probably different standard-wise, but I, I usually tell people, you know, I think from what I read, it's like, you know, sixty to eighty percent closing rate is you know, a good, a good range that you want to be at. Okay. Um, so kind of, you know, walk me through, you know, obviously the new year is underway and, you know, we're into February now, middle, middle towards end of February coming up, you know, where do you foresee, you know, your biggest challenges, um, and or opportunities for growth in the, in the upcoming months? Well, the biggest challenge for us, I suppose, is, um, you know, I, I, mean, I don't know how America is, but in the UK, the the whole cost of living stuff is is pretty uh, pretty extreme right now. I think um, definitely seeing a a drop off in um, you know members being able to to afford it, and and also um, that's maybe limiting how many people are actually looking to come. I think um, so. I think that that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, obviously everyone's been affected by it. I mean, we had to sort out our prices to to take into consideration the electricity going up by you know, like I think it was like it went up four four hundred percent. It went from like three hundred pounds a month to over a thousand pounds a month, which is a huge for a small business. Um so that's that's probably the biggest challenge I would say. Um is trying to is trying to figure that out. Um and I suppose the biggest opportunities, um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's I think it's one of those things where you got to figure out where where you need to improve, right? I think the opportunities wise, you know, as I said, I've already started making inroads into building a daytime trade, daytime business. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think um, you know with the with the classes that we run, it's just making sure that people are you know, have that knowledge or information to be able to make decisions as to what classes they want to do and, and making sure that people know what we offer. Um, so I think I say a few people, it's well, all well and good being the best personal trainer on the planet, but if nobody knows you're the best personal trainer on the planet, then, then you're not going to make any money. Um, so, 
so I suppose, yeah, you know, opportunities wise, I think that, you know, I think that my online presence is not, um, I think it's okay, but it's not, um, I haven't yet figured out what the purpose of it all is. Does that make sense? I think, you know, a lot of people have their, their online presence where they start, you know, wanting to, uh, let's go with online coaching and 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 try to change their business into this kind of you know online presence that they're going to be making a career out of you know showing workouts and and coaching through exercises and stuff uh, i'm not sure that's my my cup of tea but um you know like i say yeah maybe f- figuring out where where the whole in online stuff fits in with the business and um, something i've been struggling with for quite a while i suppose you know, online is definitely, uh, you know, it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago. You shoot even five years ago. So, um, yeah, it's, I always like to say that it's better to have a brick and mortar, like a physical place. So people can actually see, you know, what you've built, what you're doing, and they can actually come check it out. And then, oh, they do an online thing too. Okay, cool. Now I can go in and I can go online. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're almost like, you know, recrediting, you know, what you've actually built. And so that's why I, I love the brick and mortars because it, it gives an establishment of like your, you know, what you've taken from the ground up. Yeah. 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 I think that's like I say, I think the online stuff should be an extension of what, what we've already done. I think that that's, it's very difficult to, or for, at least I'm finding it difficult to try and relay the message that I give in the gym to the same message that I put I, on, on the, on on the web or on Instagram or whatever. So it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, tricky, tricky. I suppose that's another obstacle. Yeah. So that's yeah something to work on. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. Um, so with that, um, you know, last couple of questions here as we get ready to, to wrap everything up, you know, what piece of advice would you give somebody that's looking to start their own business, get into the fitness industry, you know, through your experiences and your, and your endeavors, you know, what would you say to somebody that's looking to do the same? Uh, I suppose, um, I mean, uh, I, I suppose after 13 or 14 years, I've been in a, a lucky, I don't say lucky, I'm not lucky. It's um, I've been in a, a good position where I've had people actually ask me how to start a business. Um, I've had a few people come to me asking about starting CrossFit gyms. And, and I suppose the biggest, the biggest mistake I ever made was, um, I mean, I went into it pretty naively. I didn't really have any idea of running a business. Um, maybe I've got a bit of an ego, which, you know, I was like, I'm going to do it regardless and I'm going to go for it, which I think is is something you absolutely have to have. You know, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in what you're doing. Um, you can't do it half-assed. Um, so that's the first thing I would say is make sure you really want it because, I think that's the thing that separates the the successful and the unsuccessful is that being able to, you know, fight, fight for it and, and put every day into it. And even on the bad days, you still, you still like going into work and you still want to, you still want to, you know, do your own thing and, and build your own business. And you know, it's going to be tough. And you, and most of it is all about attrition, isn't it? You know, you've got to, you've got to be able to stick at it and, you know, take those, there's going to be lots of bumps in the road that you're going to have to take take on the chin and just be able to keep working through it and keep plowing on, I think, and, and just believe in what you're doing. Um, and I think, I think one of the things I see, and I, I think I did it myself is, is just what, you know, the financial side of things look like, 
you know, in terms of, you know, obviously if you're lucky enough to go into a business and have, you know, millions of pounds and, and you know, you've got money to burn, then, then that's great. You know, you do it as you want and, and build it and hopefully they will come. But um, if you don't have an endless supply of money, then I think, you know, it's about being, you know, realistic with what you're trying to achieve. And I suppose from a CrossFit perspective, you know, because that's all I can talk about is, you know, you set up, you know, how many people do you want in the class? You know, like I had a, an example of some of people were like, you know, were spending you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 grand on equipment and they were going to, they were going to lease it and borrow money and have investors lending the money and to do it all. And I was like, well, you know, how many, how many people do you think you're going to get in a thousand square foot? You know, and they were like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do maybe class of 15, 20. And I was like, well, you're probably going to be closer to five, you know, to start with. So, so why not build your business plan around, you know, catering for five people, you know, and the thing is, is you can, you know, we have classes of sometimes when we do team wads of 20, 22, 23, 24 people, but we haven't got equipment to cover 24 people. So, you know, you can make things work around what you need. So, so aim for five, you'll be able to work, you know, ease, you know, people can share equipment to start with and you can expand over time, but you know, don't stretch yourself too early and don't and don't commit too much too much money into it without you know having a concrete sort of plan of this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm aiming for, and then you know, build it up over time. I think that's what that's what I would say. Um, but I did it the other way and went crazy at the beginning and spent a shit ton of money and sorry, and, and uh, you know, ended up sort of being the only I think the probably the the only real mistake I ever made was that you know investing too much money too early and too big of a premises taking on too much overheads and then you know having to then you know for the next six years actually pay back all the debts and all the all the stuff I struggled I struggled with that but you know managed to get through it and and get back on an even keel and you know like I say 13 years later we're we're pretty good but um yeah, I think that that I think that that finance side at the beginning and the budget and and actually having us and having a plan of, you know, exactly what you can do with with you know the kit that you're gonna gonna buy, you know, is 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 very important. I think I think the good thing is now that you've got lots of equipment suppliers again, faster and whatnot that will give you five person packages, ten person packages, fifteen person packages, and you can that wasn't around back in back in two thousand and ten. So. Uh, so yeah, maybe you don't make those same mistakes. I don't know. No, all is good. Great answer. You know, obviously everything advances year over year. So, you know, the people that did it 20 years ago, you know, had to basically, you know, go business door to door, business to business almost in a way versus, you know, now there's lots of other avenues and, you know, things can be, achieved, um, you can get things quicker uh, sometimes, I guess. Um. Well, cool. Um, Gareth, um, last but not least here, uh, as we wrap up today, you know, go ahead and give all of our listeners a shout out. How can they reach your facility? Facebook, Instagram, website, go ahead and give shout outs for all of your handles. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, AFS CrossFit on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, check us out if you want to, if you want a free trial, I think there's, I think I did LinkedIn link tree the other day. I think I added that the other day for the first time. So, uh, so there should be links in the bio. There you go. Instagram. 
<laughs> there you go. Look at that link tree. That's a one up on me. Um, oh, yeah, it's new on me as well. Right there you go. Well, cool, Gareth. Well, hey everybody. Um, that's a good place to wrap up today. Uh, appreciate everybody out there listening to Gareth's story and everything he had to say about you know his CrossFit experience and what he's done. Um, if you want to reach out, you know how to go ahead and click on the link below, type in all your information. If you want to be on the show, we'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily. And joining us on the show is Kathy from Studio 30 out of California. How are you doing today, Kathy? I am wonderful. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're really excited to have you on. I'm really excited to, you know, pick your brain and see what value you're going to be able to add to our audience today. But before we get into that, Tell us a little bit about how you run Studio 30 and what made you want to start your business in the first place. Well, I had worked in corporate America for a long time, came home, wanted to be with my kids more, needed something that was going to give me some flexibility. So I got into fitness. Um, you know, I originally started out with just one, uh, one class, an outdoor boot camp, and uh, just kind of built it up from there, you know. But really, once I started it, I just developed this kind of love, you know, being able to help people, um, seeing the transformations that they go through, because, you know, a lot of people, they just don't see or understand that they need this, that they need fitness in their life on a regular basis. Um, and they need to eat healthy on a regular basis. So being able to watch transformations just literally happen in front of your face, I think that's what really kind of gave me the passion to continue and go forward with it. Because I, I literally started out with nothing, one little outdoor class that, you know, I had a few people coming to and just kind of built it from there on my own, you know? Yeah. So prior to opening your gym, what were you doing for that? So I worked in contract security for several years. I graduated from Penn State University in criminal justice, came to California, took on a position inside a, a contract security company, worked my way up from there to an a, a area vice president position. So basically I had a territory and within the territory, I dealt with all types of managers. I dealt, dealt with a couple different office offices, office staff. Um, and I got a lot of business experience out of that because we, we before I left the company, we were working on um, 
uh, like acquisitions. So basically I was on a team, an acquisition team where we would go out to a smaller company, go through their books, make sure they were profitable and then decide whether or not we were going to purchase them. So I got a lot of business sales, um, just all of that well-rounded business experience out there. So what are some of the skills that you learned while working for the, uh, acquisition company? I forgot what it was called, but uh, yeah. what are some of the skills yeah, that helped that helped you grow your business to where it is today. Um, okay, definitely understanding the sales process. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not like a guru on the sales process, but I think what you have to get from it is that, you know, there are steps that you go through and ways to to close the to close that lead. So definitely yeah. sales. Um, I definitely got a very good education on a PL, understanding your profit and loss, understanding revenue, understanding your direct expenses, the things that you can control versus the things that you can't control. Like, you know, I can control how many employees I have, but I can't necessarily control all the expenses that go along with that. I can control, you know, how much light I put into the, into the property. So just the things that you can control expense wise, and then how to, um, I don't want to keep saying control, but how to, you know, work through those things so that you end up with profit on the bottom line. That is a process that a lot of people don't get. They don't understand it. They don't even know what revenue is. They don't know what direct expenses are indirect. You know what I'm saying? So like understanding that process, I think is it's critical and it's huge when it comes to owning your own business. Yeah. And so what about um, things on the marketing side? Yeah. Well, you know, I, let's see. Okay. So I've been doing this for about 13, I'm going on 13 years in the fitness business. So prior to that marketing was different. Um, but the one key factor that I brought in on the marketing side is that you cannot put your eggs all in one basket. So you can't rely on one thing to be your marketing. That's what's going to bring it for you. You know what I mean? You have to get out there Number one, you have to be in the community. And number two, you have to go through multiple ways to market your business because that you do that one thing, it's only going to work for so long. And then people like the way it used to be is you would advertise, let's say in a newspaper or magazine, whatever you advertise your business, you put the ad out there, you run it for a certain amount of time. Eventually people don't even see it anymore. So you have to take it out. You've got to go somewhere else with it. You've got to change it up. So constantly updating and changing how you do your marketing is a big factor so what are the so you're basically saying like just don't rely on one source of marketing exactly. what are some of the you know different avenues of marketing that you use to build your studio up um number one is definitely word of mouth and getting out into the community a lot of people don't realize that when they see you, they know who you are, they know that you've been around for a while, they know that you volunteer, they know that you, you know, work with other people, that you get to know people, other whether it's other businesses or, you know, people in the city, like those types of things. Um, that's such a huge factor in marketing. So I can market on Facebook, let's say. I can put, you know, my information out on social media but until they really connect with me they're they may not come in so if they see me on facebook or they see me on instagram and then they go wait a minute i recognize her i recognize that name oh yeah oh she's a trusted member of the community however that 
comes out, you know, whether it's through volunteer work or through your kid's school or, you know, just going out to the local farmer's market and talking to people like whatever that is, when they know that you, you're a trusted member of the community, it drives people in without you even having to do much. Okay, so we got word of mouth and then it sounds like you're pretty big on community community engagement. Uh, what other sort of things as well? Yeah. Yeah, good word. Definitely community engagement, getting out there, talking to people, doing events, um, putting your your name out there, putting the studio name out there um, for just all types of things. You know, when somebody comes to me and says, hey, we're doing we're doing a uh, um, a golf tournament. We need some raffle prizes. Give it to them give them raffle prizes because it puts my name out there. You know, I may not get anybody in for it, but who cares? They're going to see Kathy Gonzalez studio 30. Um, hey, I recognize her or well, I've seen that somewhere before kind of a thing. So putting your name out and being in the community as much as possible is critical. And then all the other stuff that you do, it all feeds in together. Yeah. So what's been your experience on social media? Because I've assumed, like, you've gotten to see social media evolve over the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very interesting because I fought it quite a bit when it, when it first came out because I just wasn't really comfortable putting myself out there. Um, but then I've kind of learned over the time that it's, it's kind of a necessity. But it doesn't have to be, um, I don't have to be dancing and making a fool of myself in front of everyone. You know what I mean? I can get out there and do, so like one, one of the things that I do is I will um, record some of my workouts that I'm doing, but like actual workouts. So not just me standing in front of something and you know pretending like I'm working out, like actual workouts. You put it out there when people see that, um, they connect with you that way. They go, wow, she's really working out. She's realistic. You know, we're not, um, we don't put ads out um, showing women with their full makeup, their hair completely done, doing a workout. Like nobody works out like that. You know what I'm saying? Like why show that type of stuff? You want to be real. So my experience with social media is that I want them to see me and the studio for what we really are and not some sort of fake thing happening. Um, I've definitely seen it evolve, you know, um, Facebook's, uh, Instagram, I don't really do TikTok too much. It's just a lot of work. You know, you got to really think about what you're going to put your time and energy into yeah. when you are on social media, you have to really stay focused to it because you can do one little thing here, one little thing there, but if you're not consistent across the board, then it's, it's pointless. So in my opinion, you're better off picking your platform and being consistent with that platform. Yeah. So when you are getting the leads in, like what's the process if somebody hears you do word of mouth or somebody sees you on Facebook or Instagram, what is the process of turning a lead into a paying customer? Yeah, immediate contact with them. Um, getting, getting in communication with them right away as quickly as you possibly can. Um, sometimes, you know, some people don't want to be called. They don't want to actually answer the phone anymore. They prefer, you know, you communicate with them via text message, what have you. Usually what I do is I'll, when I get a lead in, 
I will email them first and wait to get a response back. Then what I'll do, but you know, quickly, but then um, I'll even say to them, if I don't get a response back right away within like a day or 24 hours, I'll send them a text message and I'll say, hey, this is Kathy Gonzalez from Studio 30. Just want to say, hi, I got your note. Just want to touch base with you. Can we get you in for a free class? We always do a free trial class. Um, then from there, you know, getting, making that immediate connection with them. Sometimes they'll say, oh yeah, I'd really love to talk to somebody. Okay, great. Let's, can I, can you talk right now? Tell me when you're free. Let's get on the phone and chat. Talk to them on the phone if, if they want that. Um, you kind of have to take their lead and go with how they're going to communicate back with you. Um, but then getting them into the studio, you know, that's the big thing is getting them to agree to come in and try a class. Once they're in front of you, you can make that face-to-face -face connection with them. You can help them, in, uh, invite them into the community. And they'll, when they feel welcomed into that community, that's usually what hooks them in. It's not usually, it's not usually me coming to them going, hey, so you're gonna purchase right now, right? It's not that hard sell. It's more of the, the warm sell where they come in, they feel welcome, they like what we do, everybody's nice to them, they have a good time, you know? A workout's a workout. You can either go in, and work out really, really hard and not have anybody speak to you whatsoever and leave. Or you can go in and, oh my gosh, everybody's so nice and they were so welcoming and I felt comfortable there and I felt accepted there. I didn't feel like I was out of place. They, you know, they brought me into the fold right away. Like that's the connection that you've got to get with them to get them to come back. Yeah. So you either bring, you're bringing them in for a free class and then yeah. after that, you sit down and talk about membership, yeah, usually um, what I like to do, again, I'm not about the hard sell. Usually what I'll do is I say to them, hey, how did you love it? Right after class, call them by name, walk to them right after class, connect with them. Hey, what did you think? Did you like it? Oh my God, I loved it. Okay, great. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your situation? Do you want to work out in the mornings? Do you want to work out at night? What, you know, what are you looking for? Trying to just like get that little connection with them. And then, you know, usually for the most part, they'll ask me, they'll say to me, so what's your pricing look like? Tell me about your pricing options. A lot of people nowadays, because there's so much information out there, they've already looked it up. They can go onto my website and find all kinds of details and information. So they can go onto Facebook and find pricing. They can find pricing pretty much everywhere. So they probably already have a little bit of that knowledge in their head. They wanna just number one, confirm it. Number two, get my recommendation. They look at me as the expert, you know, well, what do you recommend, Kathy? What do you suggest I do? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, usually they already know it, but I kind of let them ask me and usually they will. They'll say now if they don't um, again, I'm not going to push too hard. You can't you don't want to be pushy, you know, because when you're pushy, people don't like that. So usually if they walk out the door without asking me about pricing, then they get a follow-up text from me the next morning. Hey, great job last night. You did so good. I just want to send you to my work, to my uh, website for the pricing. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm happy to answer them for you. So just that constant communication. So how do you keep track of everything? Like the people coming in, trying to class, maybe people who sign up or maybe people who don't sign up immediately, immediately, but might need a little, a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. Well, we um, we have an app. So basically, if they're going to come in to try a class, we put them into the app information. So from there, it tells me, you know, I can I can search it and find out. Okay, wh when did they come in? What you know? How long has it been? Um, they're in my. Once I get them into the app, I have their name and their email address in there. 
So I've got them, um, you know, kind of captured. So basically any type, anything that I send out to them, they're going to get it. They're going to look at it. I get um, little reports that tell me, you know, oh, they've, they've opened your email. They received it. They opened it. So I know that they're looking at it, you know, mm -hmm. so maybe I'll give them a couple days if I don't hear back from them and I'll reach out again and say, hey, um, Mary, hope you had a great time. Let me know if, what you're thinking. Did you want to come back in? You know, that type of stuff. Just that, that communication, keeping in communication with them. Also getting them connected to your social media accounts as well. So, you know, making sure that they have my Facebook, making sure that they have my Instagram so they can see my stories. You know, the great thing about the stories is that it's just little snippets of things that are happening. So they get more of like, um, like a connection feel when with stories, you know, with your posts, it's a little more like staunch, but with your stories, it's a little more like fun. They can get a little, they can get more of you, you know? So yeah. I always try to make sure I connect them with my social media as well to keep them, you know, kind of in the loop. Good, good. So let's talk a little bit about like client retention. Um, do you know like, what is the average length of time that somebody will stay with you guys as a member? Yeah, I have members that I have one member that goes all the way back to the very beginning. Um, I have quite a few members that have been with me for 10 plus years. So the thing for me about client retention is that they need to they need to feel let's see they need to feel welcome always um but they also need to see the consistency in what you do so let me explain that i don't do the same workout twice so i don't mean consistency that way okay what i mean is um the consistency of me being present and pushing myself which pushes them so when they see me out going, okay, I'm going to run a race or, hey, you guys, let's do a, let's do a 5k. Let's do a 10k. Let's, um, you know, let's go on to the next level. Let's try to build our kettlebell strength. You know, let's take on, go on to the next weight, whatever, you know, when they see those types of things, well, when they see me, if they see you stagnant, okay, let me put it to you this way. Just kind of like everything is exactly the same all the time. They'll get bored. So they'll go other places to look for different things. They'll look for something more fun or more exciting or you know something that's gonna keep them more engaged, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I do things that are gonna keep them engaged throughout the years, whether it's you know putting a challenge out to them or changing up the class schedule or adding a different class. We just added a boxing class to our class schedule, never had it before. But guess what? Everybody absolutely loves it. They're out there telling all their friends about it. They're bringing people in. Um, doing marketing for me that I don't even have to do for some of it. You know what I mean? So it's the consistency of me being there, but it's also the um, not knowing what's coming next Yeah. to challenge them. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the future and the goals that you are currently working towards. Yeah. Um, so you started from, I guess, zero clients, right? When you opened your studio, or did you carry some of the uh, people that you were training outdoors to Studio 30? Yes, I did. Yeah. Once I, um, once I kind of in, like learned about the kettlebell, I started doing it and I invited some clients over and I said, Hey, let's try this thing. They tried it. They immediately loved it. And, and the thing about it too, is because I had been kind of playing around with it for a while. Um, people started to notice the difference in my structure as well, you know, my body structure. So they, they started doing it. They liked it, started inviting their friends over before I knew it. I had like 20 people coming over to my house, you know, a couple nights a week doing this class. I'm like, 
okay, it's probably time for me to get a location. So I did, I got a really small location. Um, it, it was about, I think I wanna say it was about 1100 square feet, but about 100 square feet was a bathroom. Another 100 square feet was a little office where I put all the equipment. And then about 800 or so was actual usable space. So it was very small. I mean, I was literally bursting at the seams within a couple months, you know, like people were coming, I had to start adding more class times, more days, more things like that. So eventually I grew out of it. In 2017, I went from that little 800 square foot space to a 2000 square foot studio, completely open, usable space, you know, very clean, always looking good. When they walk in the door every day, they know it's a clean space for them. Um, and then during 2020, which was just the craziest year ever, especially in California, it was really, um, it was very touch and go out here for the fitness professionals. A lot of people didn't make it. Um, the thing for me that made it was that I focused on my clientele instead of trying to bring other people into my, my um, under my wing. I put all my focus on them. And I'm like, you know, but at the same time, I knew it's such a great, unique concept that I got to do something else with it. What can, what else could I do with it? So I spent most of COVID lockdown um, working on franchising Studio 30. And in California, it's a very big, long process. It's like a 200 page document that you have to submit. So it takes a long time to do it. So we finally got approved in uh, 2021 to franchise. And so now the last year or so, my goal has been to um, figure out how to sell the franchise. So that's that's where my my future is taking Studio 30 out to the rest of the country and worldwide eventually. Nice. So how did you know that it was time to franchise? Were there a certain were there a certain like profit margin that you were looking for? Like, how did you know that? OK, we're definitely ready to do this now. Well, you know, my profit margin has been excellent literally since day one. So I knew I knew initially right away that I had a very good, um, um, you know, revenue generator there. Also, you know, I guess just from my background, I'm I really look at the expense part of it. So I don't do things that are going to just cost me a ton of money and are not going to bring me a good return on investment. So, and also the equipment package that I have in there, kettlebells, slam balls, med balls, things like that. They're not overly expensive. You don't have to go out and spend, you know, 10 grand on one piece of equipment to put in your gym. You know what I mean? So I've kept my costs and everything really low. So I knew from the beginning that I had a good thing, but what I tried to do over the years was just figure out ways to continually generate revenue and also add different ways to generate revenue. So like, for example, to give you an example. Okay. So obviously monthly uh, packages with people auto auto debit with people. That's my big generator. Okay. Revenue generator, but I'll do all these other little things that bring in other tidbits of dollars, you know, um, throughout the year that build my revenue stream. Um, and then, of course, keeping your expenses really lean. So so I knew in the beginning that it was good, but I I want I needed time to kind of like perfect it. OK, well, this works, but that doesn't. So it's it took me a while. Um, yeah. So was there anything specifically that you did within your business to, to create those additional streams of revenue? 
Yes, I just tried everything. Like I talked about marketing where, you know, you got to have all these different ways to do it. I've always been a firm believer that you must have at least seven. And I don't know where I got this. I know I got it from somewhere, but I don't remember where you should have at least five to seven revenue streams coming in at all times. So what's your main one? What are your little supplemental ones? So I, what I did is just try to try all these different means to figure out what's going to be the constant generators. So in other words, I don't have to do a lot. It's going to just continually bring me dollars. You know what I'm saying? Once you get the ball rolling, then it continues and it just keeps going. So for example, um, nowadays we've got class pass, we've got gym pass, we've got all these different little you know, um, places where people can go and they go on, they become a um, member of ClassPass and they can go to all these different gyms. Well, I, you know, becoming a member of ClassPass, I don't really have to do a lot once the initial um, part of it's finished. You know what I mean? So just trying all these different little ways of bringing in revenue and then seeing, does it, does it make sense to keep it going? If it does, if it doesn't cost me any money to continue it, um, if it doesn't cost me a lot of time and energy to continue it, but it's continually bringing me dollars, whether they're big or small, doesn't matter. Just the fact that I don't have to do anything and I've got that re revenue generator happening. So yeah. trying to just try different things to see what those th what those are going to be. Yeah. So what would you say has been like the biggest challenge so far when it comes to growing your business? The biggest challenge to growing the business is money. <laughs> um, so, you know, I told you that I started the business with literally nothing, got divorced. I had a little bit of money, not much, maybe 10 grand in, in the bank. Um, I tried to maximize the dollars, you know, and then build it. And the thing is, is that that theory is out there that you can't, you can't, you've got to put money in to make, to get money out. And it's true. I don't disagree with that at all. Some people have a ton of money. They throw a ton of money into it, like these big box gyms. They can throw a ton of money into it. They're going to get a ton of money out of it. Whether or not they're going to get good clientele, that's a different story. More, it's a, they're just generating. Um, when you're a small gym like me, you've got to be creative because the one thing I didn't want to do was take out loans and leverage myself that way. When you take out loans, you add expense to your bottom line, it's just more expense that you don't need. So again, you've got to come up with creative ways to bring in that revenue without going and taking out loans to do the big giant marketing plan. You know what I mean? So I'll give you an example. Um, when I opened up my second studio, so the first one, too small, opened up the second one, 2000 square feet. I did a big grand opening, like a re-grand opening, and I was, okay, how, what am I going to do? How am I going to make an impact that's big, but without spending a ton of money? Okay. So what I did was I raffled off a whole year of fitness. Like that's crazy. Nobody does that for an entire year. They raffle off a month, two months, maybe even six max, but to raffle off an entire year, that's like a $2,500 value. Okay. But think about it. It didn't cost me anything. I've already got classes that are that are there to add one more person to a class for the entire year isn't that big of a deal. What I did get out of it was I now said to them, look, 
if you win this, there's stipulations, of course, you know, you got to post about it. You've got to be available for pictures. We're going to, you know, we're going to market it the heck out of it. So doing something big like that, where it didn't cost me a lot of money, um, it, it brought me like so many people, like that was such a big marketing push for the studio. People were just like, oh my God, I can't believe she's given away a year of fitness. That's unheard of. I got to go check this place out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just being creative, I think, with your marketing is big. So in what ways do you think that the way that you guys market is going to have to change and evolve since you are about to franchise? Um, definitely more Google. That's going to be a big one because the social media platforms are very, you know, fine. I can, I can put a social media um, ad out on Facebook, Instagram, and yes, I can make it hit the entire country. But the one thing about Google ads is that you can really drill down to the areas that you're trying to hit. And that makes a big difference because people are constantly out there looking, Googling, you know, like you can see your stats on it. You can take a look at where you're at, what's what's uh, what people are are Googling or, you know, what the keyword is that they're that they're putting in there that gets them to you. So I've been kind of playing around with Google ads probably about the last, I don't know, 10 months or so. And I see a total difference in what I do there, what the, the leads that I get from there, the lead generation, or just like the, the hits that are coming into the website, I see a much bigger push from there than I do from Facebook. You know, Facebook is cheap. You can put a 30, 50, 80, $100 ad out there and you get people, you know, coming to you, looking at you, seeing you, but that's more about the brand recognition where it's coming up on the side of their screen and they go, oh, Studio 30, okay. And then they do something else and they see Studio 30 again. So it's more about the mental, getting that mental picture in there, but the Google is more of like the target. So definitely, um, and I've been really kind of playing around with it, like I said, for about the last 10 months so that when we do start selling franchise units, that I can really drill down on the Google and and utilize that more for those those areas, where wherever they open first, you know? That actually kind of leads into my next question. Oh. So when it comes to franchising, um, my question for you is, have you already created a system to just kind of duplicate, you know, what you know into the other future business owners? Yes, definitely. I have a whole operations manual. And actually, you know, in the state of California to franchise your business, you have to come up with all that stuff. They won't, they won't approve you unless you have like certain things, you know? So one of course is it's called an item seven and it basically itemizes everything that they're going to like all the dollars that they're going to spend. So how much on real estate, which of course varies how much on equipment, how much on marketing, how much on, you know, all these things, um, royalties, franchise fees, that type of stuff. But you know, the whole thing is that if they're going to, and, and of course, studio 30 is trademarked. So, if I'm going to allow them to, you know, use my trademark while they're in business with me, I want them to just like McDonald's, it's a widget. You know, we want the widget to be the same thing everywhere they go. We want Studio 30 to be pretty much the same wherever they go. They see the same logo. They see the same colors. They have the same equipment. They do the classes the same. Um, you know, they create that level of community. So definitely I have like a whole 
manual that I that I will not only give them but also train them. You know, one on one, hand to hand, going through it with them, helping them um, create that community that we want for Studio Thirty. So yes, definitely, there's a whole plan in place, marketing everything. That's awesome to hear. So yeah, I had another question, but it has escaped me. But, um, <laughs> that's okay it's just like left my brain so um this is a really good place for us to wrap things up here on this episode kathy but before we sign out please tell our listeners where they can find you yeah definitely studio 30 the kettlebell fit club uh rancho cucamonga california they can find us on the internet at uh studio 30 so studio 30 kb as in kettlebell so studio 30 kbfitness.com also on uh facebook studio 30 the kettlebell fit club they'll find me there too we're all over the place <laughs> google me and they'll find me <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much kathy we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast really looking thank forward you. to seeing what you're going to continue to accomplish down the road especially since you're already in the process of franchising yes so, thank you you're welcome to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget yes, to be notified about future episodes. Hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Laura's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.